is probably not good anymore now that you have the bone cracker and Caius's sword. I replaced it with Caius's sword. Oh, the, see, that's the thing. I I have I'm rocking Caius's sword, the bone cracker, and the uh, flesh render. If you have no context, this conversation sounds extremely metal. Well, because it is. You are listening to Boku No Stop, a Mobius strip of garbage. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is... Matt Marcus. Editor Fletcher. Today we are discussing episodes 7 and 18 of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Last time we talked about episodes in 15 and 16 in which Misato has feelings and Shinji got free therapy. So with that out of the way, let's get into today's episodes, starting with episode 17, The Fourth Child. So the episode opens up on a static image of Misato in a spotlight talking to Sele. They hold this shot for like a minute and a half or something like that. So it's saving a lot of animation budget. But the conversation is actually very, very good. Yeah, uh, they're they're grilling Misato. um about Shinji and his interaction with the last angel, which I believe is Leliel. Yep. Uh, she refuses to hand Shinji over to him, uh, over to the to the council. They ask questions like, did they try to communicate? Do they understand how to talk to us? And Masato basically keeps shutting it down. And you can tell that she's defending him. Like, to me, I was getting the sense that she wasn't just saying she doesn't know because she doesn't know. I also got a sense that she was defending him or, or protecting him from Sele. Right, because they're trying that... to figure out if he's if uh, his memory is reliable or he's been contaminated in any way. Right, yeah. Jokes like, on them, they're really premature warriors. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they were going to like take this kid and like dissect his brain or some shit to see if any angel stuff got in there or something. Um, so yeah, she oh, keeps shutting them like down. It's like CTE. Saying, <laughs> Oh, no. Get Will Smith up in this bitch. Chronic traumatic (sighs) Evangelion. Get in the unfair negotiations, Shinji. (sighs) You know what? There is no no union for Ava pilots. This is true. They also don't make them wear a helmet. There is this one bit where one of them implies, hey, uh, are they learning? Are they, they seem to be like, what do you, what do you think about how this is going to affect the appearance of the predicted 13th angel? And Masato's like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're organized at all or that they're intelligent, but we, we don't really. And then one of the other Sele members says she's right there. It hasn't been a pattern and which is like distinctly not true. And then Gendo just says, yeah, they are getting intelligent. Yeah, no, that's the funny thing is like they bring it up because we were talking about this in an earlier episode where I mean, you guys laid it out for me. I didn't like piece it together myself. I think that was my fault. That's okay, But yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like they're trying different different things moving up and they're trying. I guess the idea was that they're planting that seed in your head, but also like saying, oh, no, but you don't have to pay attention to that. Don't worry about that right now. Um, 
I think they're trying to plant that seed in Misato's head. The fact that they bring it up right. at all means they want us to think about it. Yeah, because otherwise they would just wouldn't talk about it, right? Yeah. You'd hope. Yeah, because they're very much uh, in that information game. It's like how you don't label it top secret plans. Do not read. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, Masato sort of asks, like, what do you mean, sir? You know, just and then they shut the whole thing down. Like, you're not allowed to ask questions. You're done. Bye. Um, which is like pretty interesting. Anyway, I, I just wonder, like, had that would that grilling have continued had she not asked a question and. Probably, probably not. I think th- I got the impression not. that they got everything they wanted out of her. Well, everything they thought they could get. Yeah. I don't know. Barnaby thought that the second she started questioning was the second they go, okay, we got to pull the plug on this thing because she might ask, she might piece something together. We don't want her to. Know. What did she ask? She just says, what do you mean? Uh, 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 let me see she just asked clarification. Right. Okay. She didn't ask like a pointed question that went on what she knew. The dialogue mm-hmm. is straight up. What do you mean, sir? You may not ask questions. Okay. It, it's obvious that they have worked independently so far. What do you mean, sir? And then she and then she gets shut down. So yeah, there, it's in that conversation okay. about are are the angels progressing in their strategy? Okay, because that's that's why they cut it off, right? Because that's a hand tip. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah. After the grilling stops uh gendo pops up and there's a little bit of a difference between the dub and the sub here whereas uh on the sub gendo um says uh the time left to us is dot 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 and i believe it's what fiyutsuki who replies uh with running short Mm -hmm. is that the right voice i got yeah yeah uh and in the dub it's there's not much time left and fiyutsuki says left for us you mean I mean, I kind, of, I kind of prefer that second translation. Yeah, I guess I do too. Yeah, 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 because it's implied that the angels would be around and running the earth or whatever. Yeah, afterwards, which is interesting. It's getting towards the conceit of the show, which is angels versus humans for the planet. Yep. So, Matt, I have a serious question: How long until you figured out who the fourth child was? Um, the end of last episode when they previewed this episode. <laughs> okay. Because it was super obvious. They're like, oh, there's a fourth child. Oh, and there's Toji clearly being shown. It's got to be Toji. And from what I've... I haven't quite figured out what it is that makes these kids eligible to pilot Ava's. The only thing I can think of is that they have um, family members that they've lost. Like, there's a sense of, of loss in their family. And I remember he's got his younger sister who's always in the hospital, and I thought she was going to die. Like, and then he was going to be eligible or something like that. You were so close. I you're, And I, I think in the next set of episodes they will reveal it. Gotcha. So, I mean, either that or it's dead parents. It's like one of those two things, you know, because everybody, almost everybody in Nerve has dead parents. Do you want me to tell you what, what it is? No. Okay. I'll wait till the next episode for whatever. <laughs> At any rate, like, yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's it's Toji, of course. And it's clear that these next two episodes that he's being the centerpiece of the entire narrative. So, hey, yeah, Fletcher, that, that was not for a... you. The, uh, mm-hmm. the thing that makes them qualified to be Ava pilots is the thing that makes them anime characters also. RPG protagonists, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Amnesia? 
<laughs> we said uh, RPG, not JRPG. Good point. That's true. Got him. I mean, come on. Like, we can't have every anime start in jail. <laughs> oh, wait. He hasn't, he hasn't seen that yet. Okay. Never no, mind. I have not. I'm just I'm making an Elder Scrolls joke. And I was just thinking, oh, man, JoJo's. Oh, yeah. No, I've not seen that. Also, the yeah. third rebuild where you started Space Jail. I wasn't going to say that. Oh, whatever. Space Not Jail? Forget about it. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rebuild space goes jail? some places, Matt. <laughs> wow. I mean, Two yeah, space. The piano. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the reason I asked about that is the fact that this episode will not in any way be subtle about it, but the least subtle is the fact that the title is The Fourth Child in Massive Characters that hard cuts to con- uh, Toji walking out of an elevator. Okay, so let's not pretend well, yeah. for an hour Toji is the fourth child. Let's carry on. Yes. Uh, we hear the nurses discussing his sister and him as he goes to visit her again. He shows up two times a week minimum. Her injuries are just complex. We do not see her at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, Ayanami is out for more testing with Ritsuko, but Ida is also absent, quote, chasing battleships in New Yokosuka. Then a hard cut to the remnants of the USA from space. Uh, the continent is looking pretty messed up, but... It will actually be identified the glowing sphere that we can see from orbit is Nevada, where something has gone so tits up it is again visible from orbit. Yep. Wait, I'm looking I am looking at this picture of the US. That are you sure that's supposed to be Nevada? That is Nevada because they confirm that's where the second branch is. Okay, because that looks like it should be in like Elmira, New York. Honestly, that should be Canada based on the shape of the continent. Actually, you're right, Canada. Yeah, it's even more north than that. Yeah, because, like, you can see, like, uh, where Mexico is. Okay, but also the ice cap melted. Yeah, you got a point. Yeah, that definitely does not... (laughs) People did not think about how to model this based on geographical data. They drew a blob. Yeah, like, man, Mexico should be mostly gone, but it's not. Okay, did you guys play Biden My Time? No. no, which is a what, what? an itchio game where you play a desktop simulation of being Joe Biden trying to read Garfield comics instead of working. But <laughs> this geography where people don't know where countries that aren't theirs are made me laugh about how Bill Clinton comes into the chat room and oh and Obama Obama doesn't know where the U- UAE is. And Bill Clinton says, oh, yeah, I hate that place. I know about it. It's the one that always gets in the way when I try to press United States in drop-down lists. That's pretty good. Which is, that is a really good joke. That's an incredible joke. I'm sorry. You should play Biden my time. It's very good. I guess you'll have to put it in the show notes now. I will. That's incredible. I can do that. What do you mean you will? I do the editing on the show notes for this. I thought I thought you were going to say, send it to us. No, I can look up Biden my time. While I'm at it, I will actually send uh, put in the Onion's Diamond Joe Biden book, because that was pretty fun, too. Oh, the Onion wrote a book? Yes. Several, actually. It. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was a Kindle single that was basically the life of Diamond Joe Biden, in his own words. Look, 
I'm not above weird Kindle books. I definitely bought the human centipede so I could finish reading it because uh, the gap between those two Lou Reed's episodes was too large for me. It's like two bucks, so it won't break the bank. Okay. Uh, Speaking of the human centipede, we cut to Nerve headquarters. Uh, Everyone is absolutely in a panic as whatever happened was abrupt and wiped the entire second U.S. branch off the map in a giant flat plane of destruction uh unit 04 its support group and all other facilities within a 55 mile radius have vanished uh records and comms point to whatever happened being tied to install the experimental s2 engine from germany into unit 04 uh and when they're trying to figure out what went wrong the uh possibility space is like enormous they really have no idea uh lady whose name we learned and then i forgot about is uh says there's something like thirty-three thousand possibilities uh in terms of the base ritzko says it was probably swallowed by a direct sea and misato continues repeating the theme of the show which is we're being forced to use things we don't understand yes like the avas says ritzko internally monologuing for what it's worth, uh, something that should be brought up is while they're discussing what could have happened, they say there are 32,786 possibilities, and they range from they plugged it in wrong to they built it wrong, and then Ritsuko very simply goes, it could also be sabotage. They're like, oh shit, that's another 12,000 right there? Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one thought that. Everyone was just looking at this technically. Yeah. So, we cut back to a different part of Nerve. Is this actually U.S. Nerve? They do say that the U.S. is sending this because they also have first branch in U.S. Okay, but I don't think this is Nerve. It's not, but we don't know what the organization is called, so I'm just making that equivalence. I think it's just the country, right? Because Nerve is like... Nerve, yeah, is, Nerve is a Japanese thing, but well, I thought it was an international thing. Yeah, I thought like it was the, international uh, based in Japan. Yeah, they have like, like the ISS, right? It's questionable. Here's the thing: this world is very murky about what countries still exist or who has banded together, and especially when you have things like the UN, but the Japanese government, but Sele. It's really hard to tell what the chain of command is on some of these. Especially when you have Nerve has interacted with Germany. They are making AVA units in the U.S. I don't know. I mean, it's also we got we got unit two, we got unit two from Germany too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the impression that Nerve is like an international organization, and then Sele is basically the Illuminati. Uh, some of them yes. are like country leaders, but Sele is like extracurricular for them. Either way, whatever organization is in the U.S. Yeah, and just like uh, just about every other powerful international organization, Africa is not represented. Go figure. Uh-huh. There was a discussion uh, Chris and I were having off mic before we started. I really wish the spinoff material went into more of the geopolitics of this world, because I would really love to see in a post-Second impa- Impact world what happened to the Middle East and Africa. Yeah, because I don't think they ever get mentioned. At least no, not a once. No. 
<sighs> yeah, go figure. I mean, you don't even hear much about China either, right? No, I don't think it ever comes up. You would think that that would that China would play a huge role in this, or Russia, or something like. It's this just show, U.S., Germany, and Japan, and that's Russia it. exists because the man talking to Gendo in the plane was from Russia. Okay. This show is very '90s in a lot of ways, sort of like the X Files. Uh, yeah, they were running a- it. <laughs> Anyway, a post-2001 world is radically different, and so that's part of where some of the changes in Rebuild come, but mm-hmm. we, we could not have imagined that at the time. So there's a bit later on in these notes that, uh, let's just say something has aged real poorly. Gotcha. Yeah, so you see uh, Misato and Ritsuko, they're on the um, enormously large escalator, uh, and Ritsuko is saying that Unit 3 is being sent to Japan by the U.S. because they don't want to have any more shit happen to them after this uh, situation with Unit 4 and that second nerve base or whatever, second unit. Second uh, branch. Branch, excuse me. Second branch. Uh, They're like, fuck it, we're out. Like, here, you take this. We're done. Um, And then we cut to a scene uh, with... Gendo and Ritsuko, and they are looking at uh, the Ray dummy plug. This is, I believe, this is the first time we've seen a dummy plug. Seen, okay. yes. Yeah, so this is the very first dummy plug. It's based off of Ray's personal combat data. Gendo says, uh, let's test it running unit one and unit two. And Ritsuko replies with, well, there's still some bugs with it. There's a problem. You know, we can't just assume it's going to work. And Gendo says, uh, just do it as long as it activates. That's all I need. Ritsuko is way better at software development than I am. She, I, I would say there are bugs in it, and it's fine. <laughs> so from that shot, we get we go back to the, uh, the Ray tube. The exposition tube. The exposition tube in which Ray is... I, I, I guess... If it wasn't explicit before, this is where they're getting the information for the dummy plugs. There, it's going out of it's, Ray's it's in the body. Bra- it's a brainstem with a tube and a human in it. Like there's a I giant know. brain on top. How could you it's a not brain. know that? It's very much a brain. But like, well, I don't know if I, I guess the dummy plug thing wasn't really explicit as to how it was. Oh, what they were doing with okay. it until now. That right? part, yes. Not that they're getting data from Ray. Oh yeah, no. I mean, she's been she's been doing this. For, this is like the third time, fourth time we've seen this. Yeah, but this, yeah, but this is the first time we've seen it being like, oh yeah, and this is going into these dummy plugs, and it's got her information in it, and that's why, and we're gonna use this to pilot Ava's. So. The next time is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <sighs> 
and uh, <laughs> it's yeah. like the internet in there. It's just a series of tubes. So Ritsuko keeps pressing, like, "Hey, we can't use these uh, dummy plugs yet for Unit Four." And then Gendo's like, "Well, I guess you're going to need to get a fourth child then." Yep. And Ritsuko's like, "Yep, we have one. We can get them prepped immediately, and then we'll we'll test the new unit with the fourth child." And then uh, Gendo asks uh, Ray out to lunch. Ritsuko is staring daggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she didn't. She she didn't get invited. You know, she she's probably hungry. That's definitely That's what it was about. I would absolutely be hungry. Hey, look, you know, I, I every time I can charge my company for food that I eat, I will do it. And every time I can't do it, it pisses me off. I will not <laughs> because my company makes some truly baffling catering decisions. Oh, no, no, no. This is just I, I decided to take my team out to lunch and I just used the Amex and just say it was team building, which is true. And actually, that's what it's for. <laughs> I do not have an Amex. They do not trust me that far. They trust me with all of your credit cards, but they don't trust me that far. Well, I mean, let's be honest, Fletch. If you had access to an Amex credit card, I mean, you know what would happen, right? Nothing, because almost nowhere takes Amex still. (laughs) I would probably put at least a little anime on the company credit card just to say I had. Yeah. Especially because I work next door to an anime warehouse. That explains so much. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, they're just like venting anime fumes into your office and that's how you became who you are. (laughs) 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 It's the worst supervillain origin story. (laughs) Radioactive moe. Oh, no. Speaking of radioactive moe, we're cutting back to the school. That'd be a very young isotope, wouldn't it? I wish I could think of a good acronym, because all I have is the CNC hentai factory. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Uh, I wish I knew more anime companies so I could make that work. I'm just gonna say Well, clearly I work next to the Aniplex. (laughs) Anime gonna make you sweat, and then probably put you in jail for CP. There you go. (laughs) But we're not talking about my Hime. Ay, ay. Why am I going to why am I going to jail for Crystarium points, dog? <laughs> and now we've had post- podcast cross contamination. Quick, cut the feed. Oh no. Anyhow, Toji clowns on Asuka and Shinji at lunch who are fighting because Shinji did not make uh, her food yesterday because he was working. The pair are clearly still partly in sync from Dance If You Want to Win because they immediately turn with the United Shut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toji says, oh, look at the married couple having a spat. I mean, look, if when when you live together with someone for a long period of time, like you come to hate them. Yes, yes. Uh, proximity breeds uh, children and resentment. Familiarity breeds contempt. <gasps> yeah. We cut back to Ritsuko and Misato discussing the Unit 03 activation test. Masato is pissed she hasn't been told who the fourth child is, and Ritsuko gives a passive-aggressive, don't worry, Major, you'll get your report tomorrow. Which, highlight, highlight, uh, Ritsuko knows when they're gonna get the paperwork from a separate, uh, ostensibly separate organization. Yup. You know, I just realized I made a joke 
throwing uh, monogamous marriage under the bus, and w- there's three married men on this podcast. Oh, whatever. To be fair, we have also discussed that I am polyamorous. Oh, that well, yeah, but that was off pod. Also, Matt, we're allowed <laughs> to make that joke. We already know it's bad. <laughs> also, I think we discussed that in the middle of last episode. I might have had to edit that. No, I, I, I don't remember. But good point. But it yeah. just, I just I thought just about the Adams family theme, but with your clicker instead. Da na na na, da na na, etc. I'm gonna have to do that tomorrow. Thanks. You're welcome. <clears throat> See, ah. put that in your pocket for next Halloween. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Uh, there is actually a bit of random art during this scene, which is that one of these two women uses a mug that is a very poor drawing of a feline with the words cat, 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 cat written all over yeah, it. Yeah, it's so bad. It is. But that's what make, makes it good. Yeah. It is modern internet as fuck. Yeah, it is. Truly, this is the most meme thing in the show. Uh... Misato is displeased, however, to learn that Toji is the candidate that knows that this is going to fuck Shinji up again. The discussion also brings up that she thinks Asuka has tied herself up in piloting and Rei is an exception, meaning nobody is worried about those two getting in the robot, but she's really concerned this will make Shinji want to stay away. Yeah, um, I actually wrote this down because the uh, sub is very different here than what you wrote down. Asuka will be fine as her pride rides on piloting an Ava. Uh, Rei is an exception, but Shinji knows that nothing good will come of being involved with Nerve and the Avas. It's true. Mm-hmm. So, the way that that frames it is that Shinji won't like it because he's worried about Toji. Not and that it will make it's true. him not want to pilot. So Toji gets told to uh, bring Rei her classwork, and then he dunks on Hikari, the class rep, uh, when he says he can't go to some girl's place alone. And Hikari says, I'll go with you. And then he goes, hey, Shiji, you know where she lives, right? Come ho- come with me. Fucking Toji master it negging the target. Uh, and then Toji and uh, Shiji enter Rei's unlocked place because uh, nobody is responding. It still looks exactly like it did, just full of garbage. Shinji puts the papers on her bed and begins cleaning uh, cleaning up. Uh, Toji won't help because it's, quote, his policy. It's not a man's job. Uh, and Shinji says, uh, Misato hates guys like that. And Toji says that Shinji has changed. He says, when we first met, I couldn't imagine you doing something for anyone. I guess you were so deep in your shell, I didn't know the real you. And then Ray, Ro- Ray shows back up, uh... Doesn't acknowledge Toji. I'm not going to read that. Uh, but does blush upon seeing Shinji has tidied up her place. Well, that's not true. Let me take this. Well, no, no, what, she, what he says is, yeah. oh, I, I cleaned up. I, I hope that's not a problem. And she says she blushes and says, thank you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And yeah. then uh, Toji, they're walking home, right? And Toji says to Shinji, man, you pilots are a bunch of weirdos. And Ray by herself thinks, I've never thanked anyone before. Not even Gendo. Which, I mean, how do you go... Okay, like, I get it that she's some weird... Spoilers. Not very human human. I know what you're asking. Spoilers. How do you never say thank you? Because spoilers. That will make some sense within the next few episodes. Okay. 
you're coming up on a lot of reveals. Next week, is, our next recording session is going to be two of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. But that's where the end of the series the starts. Oh, sorry, I'm like re- refreshing my my memory of this scene because every time like these Gendo Fuyutsuki scenes come up, I always like half remember what they say and the notes are are usually a little bit like I'm going to be honest, the yeah. opening discussion is completely unneeded. I just added it for detail. That's fair. What's interesting uh, is that the at least the title card is it says fourth child, but then it becomes fourth children. So we went into that a little near the start of this. And because uh-huh. it's been a while, I don't know if you remember. Japanese is weird about pronouns like that when it comes mm-hmm. to plurals. Yeah. And at least in a lot of early translations, they insisted that it just sounded more correct to them. And it's been corrected in new stuff, but they would refer to things as the fourth children, the third children, even though it's like, no, in English it would be child. It's a single, singular thing. Yeah, so if yeah. if the subtitles are saying that, it means that a whack-ass translator did it. I mean, it, it's the title card for the second half of the episode. It's not even the... the oh, sub. right, that one's the one that's written in English. That's why that one, it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was saying. Like, Yeah, that oh, one was written children? on the Japanese side. But what? you can tell yeah. you're using some overly literal fan subs if they use children everywhere in the series. I mean, the ADTV one does mostly. Uh, it's 50-50, but again, this might just be me using the Platinum stuff. Also, yeah. man, fucking imagine fan subs for Ava. It has to be Dude. so bad. Dude, I was there back in the day. You don't want to go down that nightmare rabbit hole. No, that seems real bad. This is a show where... This is what I think the plot is. Here are your subtitles. Yeah, that's the thing. What you don't realize when people are subbing a thing week to week blind is a professional translator will get notes from the company on, here are some things to keep in mind. If you are doing it week to week blind to the plot you are suddenly trying to make guesses at what the hell things are. Um, stuff that was not originally Japanese, like Marduk Institute or Salem was being translated weirdly because they're like, is this some kanji I'm unfamiliar with? Rather than, oh, this is German. It's nightmarish because it's a mix of languages and symbolism that goes nowhere and... I should see if I can track down any of those old school VHS fan subs of this again. Yeah, that seems like a form of self-harm. Do you know what my VHS wall looks like? A a monument to self-harm? How about the fact that you have a VHS wall? Tells me a lot. (laughs) I just bought a new VCR on Black Friday, so I could watch, and this is true, the old-school VHS US release of Cardcaptor Sakura with the English dub that censored everything that had a complete run on tape. Hmm. That should arrive any day now. So, why? (laughs) Because I want to see the adventures of Madison and her friends as they talk about uh, not lesbians, but in fact boys and what you do with wizards. Hmm. It's a very weird show. Yeah, me. Yeah, apparently. Especially uh, in the most fucked up dub. At any rate, so 
Gendo and Fuzuki are on a train. They're looking at Tokyo 3 and they're having discussion about sort of the natures of cities. And, you know, Gendo says mankind made cities, you know, as their own paradise after they got kicked out of paradise. You know, the. After paradise was lost. Yeah. After paradise was lost. And Gendo gets a, a says that. You know, man should be ashamed of the cities because they're just protecting themselves uh, and being weak or like protecting the weak of their flock by building these cities. And Fuyutsuki is playing devil's advocate all the time. And he, he's saying like, oh, cowards live longer. And uh, so I'll I'm glad to be a coward. <laughs> and then after that, uh, Gendo mentions he that the second branch loss, you know, the loss of the second branch when it exploded or fell into a Diraxi or whatever is well, acceptable. Fuyutsuki brings up that Sailor will be pissed about that. Yeah. And then Gendo and, goes, I'm okay with that. It's not that yeah. the company line is that this is cool. Yeah. And he says the reason why is because the S2 engine data is still in Germany because I, I believe, yeah, the engine, the S2 engine was being fixed in Germany and then got sent to the U.S. And that's when they were testing it and it exploded. Ava was so prescient. It was so ahead of its time in terms of everything being about the data. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, oh. you do know what the S2 engine is, right? Me? I don't me? think he does. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they say it on camera. Should we discuss that? They don't ever say it. The S2 engine is the mostly intact core they got from one of the angels. Yeah, I remember they got that out of, what is it, Angel number four or something, or five? The diamond one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they got this core, and so I guess, did they mention that they shipped it to Germany? Yes. No. Did they? I don't remember. They did. Remember. That one was mentioned on camera. Okay. And that's what the S2 engine project is, to use okay. that to create a power source. So, now that we that's- told you that, do you remember in episode 16 when the uh, voice is asking Shinji if he's ready and then we see the shot of him holding up basically an S2 core to the camera as a kid. Uh, I didn't catch that. That's what that was, but that's what that is. You really wouldn't know. So yeah. Yeah. But okay. All right. Keep that, keep that one in mind. Gotcha. So I guess, I guess it'd be assumed that when they tried to use the core, it opened a seat, a a Diraxi. I don't know. I guess there's no point in really like trying to, it will never out. be we'll fi- explained, so you can argue about it all you like in your head. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess I assume that like if you're using an angel core, and then when you sh- you know try to fire it up, it explodes everything. Then that's probably some type of angel-based sabotage. Oh, you know, or okay, just messing messing this. with things with it, or messing with things they don't understand. My notes for exactly. this are entirely wrong because I wrote down the ro- wrong apocalyptic pocket dimension. I wrote ha. down the doors of Goff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. At any rate, Yutsuki says that, uh, that they're, well, Gendo says they're fine. We still have unit one. That's all we need. And Fuyutsuki replies with, well, the committee is in a panic. And Gendo's retort is, of course, they're in a panic. This was unscheduled. I Which, guess note for the rebuild, because it doesn't come up in the rebuild. They are also explicitly talking about uh, Neo Tokyo 3 and a new nerve facility almost being done. Yeah, they do, well, they, they do talk about uh, finishing. Is, is it this episode or next episode? They they talk about finishing like the seventh stage of 
the that's nerve this it is at the end of this one. No, it's okay, on this train ride. No, there's a definite cut later that oh. goes to that discussion. Okay. Yeah. It might be after this train ride, I forget, but I did not add it in the notes because it is effectively needed. Gendo points out that uh, Sele's weakness is that they're relying on the Dead Sea Scrolls as their plan, you know, with talking about, like, when angels are going to arrive, what they're going to do, and hopes that something unexpected like this will uh, tweak their noses a bit because it was not written in there. He he wants to basically stick at the Sele. So this is the thing I was talking about earlier about something being incredibly dated. What do you two know about the Dead Sea Scrolls? They exist. Uh, they exist, and they have since been uh, proven to be a not a forgery, but they're not um, they're not as authentic as once thought. I'll I'll go <laughs> yeah, into that pretty to, quickly, but compared to historical document, the Bible. <laughs> I I fair, Please. but like I'm just saying that's a that's a thing about them that they were noted to be potentially like oh here's new information of a different interpretation of these events and turned out that it was a a much later writing or i don't know the details so you guys don't remember in the 90s how there was a lot of the secrets of the dead sea scrolls or it's it's prophecy from the end times do you i didn't not that part of it now no okay so because i was reading like chariots of fire and shit like that that's fair Uh, Here's a quick overview of the Dead Sea Scrolls and how it would have been seen at the time versus how we see it now. 1947, caves on the northern shore of the Dead Sea are investigated, and a lot of them contain various fragments of texts. The information on these is kept classified for a while, a lot of conspiracy and conjecture is built up around them. Over time, more is released. It, It comes out that they are in Hebrew and Aramaic, and a majority of them seem to be the Old Testament. Suddenly people are going, it's going to have the truest form of the Bible, or it's going to give us new chapters, or it'll show us the missing 30 years of Jesus' life, or whatever. Uh, At this point, we basically know it's a lot of old... It's the Torah, basically. It's the Torah Mm -hmm. with a few extra letters and things added in. uh, Some of it communication. And the only thing we have not discovered from the Torah and the Old Testament would be the Book of Esther, which is weird because at this point the whole thing is incredibly unimpressive other than from an archaeological context, mm-hmm. since it just seems by an, it just seems that the pilgrims at the time tried to save some of their holy texts in a place that was out of the way, and all we really got is, yep, there sure were Jews in 100 B.C., Mm-hmm. When you referred to some of them as communiques, I just thought, my dearest Martha, today I begat my twelfth son. <laughs> no, this comes way too late to be that, because they've mostly been dated to 100 BC, and there have been a few attempts to put fakes in there. Any of the really out there ones that have been allowed to be investigated have been revealed. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. So stuff like, oh, it turns out Christianity was right all along. No, if somebody for if somebody planted that. Stuff mm-hmm. like that kept happening because everyone's trying to make this work for their own storyline. And there's still some archaeological digs being done around these caves, but the whole thing is mostly interesting as a curiosity because saving these documents when we open them is a huge boondoggle we were not prepared for. A lot of them are damaged because of that. Yeah. So, uh, we go to a scene where Kaji is harassing Maya by the, uh, by the vending machines, right? And, uh, 
basically she just says, if you keep it up, I'll scream. And then he's like, I'll cover your mouth. And he leads in and Misato comes in. And uh, then we have this ass effect conversation for a second. It's like talking to Miranda. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I do. That's why I snickered. <laughs> Wait, wait, the, goes, the, uh, uh, the, the, low, the low camera angle? Is yeah, where it's just about? tucked behind her left cheek, and all you can see is Kaji while she's talking. Mm-hmm. It's a symbolic butt. <laughs> what? What? Okay, so this is a joke I'm going to have to actually put in some Are you trying to left brain, right brain <laughs> me with Masato's ass cheek? No, no. Um... <laughs> There was a very bad webcomic at one point called... I actually can't remember the name of it. You could have just said a, a webcomic. All webcomics are bad. <laughs> a mm. web? Okay. Um. Anyhow, so the guy is trying to be very deep, makes a lot of philosophy and transhumanism references, but he also has this habit of drawing the stupidest cheesecake. So... This is a guy who is trying to be deep and tell a great story, but he's also drawing mm-hmm. panels where it literally looks like an ass is talking because the camera is just below the person's waist and there's dialogue balloons. So it just became sort of a running meme mocking this guy that it was a symbolic butt, of course. Maybe I'll maybe I'll clear my browser history today. I just definitely Googled cheesecake anime to figure out what Fletcher meant, and now I'm going to scrub my browser history. Dresden Kodak. That is the name of the webcomic. Gotcha. So they so say they were trying to pack in a, a buttload of symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Who slaps Masato's ass? You can fit so much symbolism in this bad boy. <laughs> uh, that meme will not die. I, I like it. Really it's like so low meme. energy. Uh, so Masato comes in. Uh, by it just fucking flees, and then Misato just is desperate enough for information that she just straight asks him and says, "What do you know about Adam in the Marduk Institute?" And then Kaji tries to play dumb, and then she pushes him more, saying, "I know this much." And then Kaji just says, "The Marduk Institute doesn't exist." Uh, Misato realizes that Gendo's picking it out. And he gives her the hint that lets her realize that they're just picking from Shinji's school. And then Shinji Shinji's shows class, up. specifically. Yeah. Shinji shows up and uh, Misato leaves. That's why their teacher is so bad, because they don't care who's in there. Yep. This entire These entire two episodes are him talking about his personal second impact anecdote again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hilariously enough, that teacher is the icon that the main Ava wiki uses as the site icon. Mm-hmm. So every time you just see that old man just staring at you blankly. I think about Ava geeks a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to research a lot of things and double check myself while I'm doing these notes, so yeah. Uh, and then uh, Kaji says, so what about it? Can I buy you some tea? And then Shinji just says, you know I'm a boy, right? <laughs> It, the delivery great. is great. I yeah. really love that joke. He's yeah. coming on completely sleazy, and Shinji's just like, uh, tone it down some, man. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't like this guy. I know you keep telling me he's the best human in the show, but... I didn't say he was a good human. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, I guess best is relative. Yes, you're right. 
Um, like, come on, Matt. There was a best Nazi. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, you mean uh, Schindler? Oscar Schindler? <laughs> yeah, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. <sighs> That's very appropriate for this time of year. Hey, guess what? It's Christmas time, he says, using the obvious drop. Nope. Hey, guess what? It's Hanukkah tonight. <laughs> Actually, it is. We are recording this on the first day of Hanukkah. My child well, the, uh, said, soon to be the first night of Hanukkah. to be said, happy harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to think about really hard about what she meant. <laughs> nice. Uh, man, harmonicas. Uh, Shinji takes the tea, though. And... They're sitting outside on a bench. Uh, also, it's, it's vending machine tea. Fuck you, Kaji. It's still tea. Yeah, okay. That'd be like if I said, hey, Matt, you want to go out for drinks and I give you a can of Arizona tea? I like Arizona tea. Well, you're a dirtbag. What? It's it's, it's so very bad. sweet. Yeah, it's <laughs> when, awful. Yeah, but that's why... I'd, Arizona tea is the source of one of the best jokes on Atlanta. I will brook no discussion of. I mean, look, if I'm not paying for it, it doesn't matter, right? Like, if I wouldn't buy it for myself, that's a different story. But also, like, vending, like, I, I am a big fan of the, uh, like, the Asian milk teas that you can get, like, in a, in a bottle. Like, I think those are pretty tasty. Anyway, <clears throat> Shinji just continues to go hard at Kaji this entire scene, or at least, you know, these last couple of scenes, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, because Shinji opens up with, I thought you'd be a more serious person, Mr. Kaji. And Kaji's like, wow, you don't hold back, do you? Which yeah, once you, once you get know close someone, to somebody. you don't hold back at all. <laughs> Which I, I thought that was pretty good. I, and of course, Shinji immediately apologizes. But um, Kaji's like, oh, no, no, it's cool. I, I wasn't, you know, being sarcastic or anything. But let me show you uh, my watermelon patch. That is not a euphemism. That is literally later in the rebuild? Yes, and oh, it it's happens a whole during different... next episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he has been, you know, in secret, growing some watermelons, and I, I guess, uh, I guess this is considered a, a feminine thing. I think is the is the implication because yeah, he calls them. You know, oh, aren't they cute? It's nurturing things. I think it's implied that that's a supposed to be more of a, a non-masculine thing to do. That would play in with a weird bit of discussion in a minute. So yeah, that could be it. Yeah, yeah, no that that gets real weird. Um, but yeah, he says that making something um, and nurturing something is you know a really great thing to do. It makes you feel good. And just to note that for all the schmoozing he does, um, that Kaji does, he comes clean with Shinji pretty quickly and trusts him like he he doesn't you know shove him away or treat him like a child he just kind of he, he speaks with him frankly which is kind of going into that surrogate dad thing we've discussed earlier you know you find out like doing this you know nurturing something you find out a lot of things which like what's enjoyable for you uh have you found anything you enjoyed shinji and he goes no or he doesn't say anything he basically imply that no and then he switches tracks completely to say, like, do you hate suffering? And Shinji's like, yeah, it's it's not very good. And then Kaji goes, well, suffering, you know, enduring suffering makes you able to have 
empathy because you understand what suffering feels like so you can understand what that is like for another person and that's not a sign of weakness so we cut from this to they are interrupted because shinji needs to go down for sync testing and the two ladies discuss that yeah his sync rate is dropping probably due to whatever happened in leliel which they don't really know clearly Ah, and then Toji's no-good, horrible, very bad day begins. He is called to the principal's office at lunch, where we actually hear Ritsuko's voice in the office. Uh, another cost-cutting measure, the principal's office will never be drawn. All the dialogue in there is just shown as speech over a sign. Uh, he learns he is the pilot. Meanwhile, on the rooftop at lunch, Ida tells Shinji about the second branch being destroyed and O3 testing the next day because Misato hasn't told him anything Should and he ask- like responds in a way that indicates that he resents this a little bit yeah yeah uh, no it's interesting that um ida is able to find out all this information all these rumors and like all of it's true well ida has like fucking four different tor browsers please not to mention that they do explicitly say uh his father's branch is part of how he knows about the second branch stuff Oh, yeah. Whatever division his father works in was having a shit fit over that. Oh, no. Ida's dad works where they're heading, actually. Oh, no. Fuck, you're right. I don't know if we actually hear about that. Yeah, he he specifically mentions my dad works at the... uh, At that plant, yeah. Yeah. Matsuhara, I believe. Yeah, Matsushiro? Matsushiro, thank you. Why did I think Matsuhara? Anyway... Uh, Toji returns to class after lunch, late, and can't leave because he's on cleaning duty that week. Hikari finds him taking a break after the sun is already setting, and he's finally going to eat a lunch hours late. There's a conversation here between the two of them that is very tender, where she basically loops around via saying, Well, I make the lunches for my sisters, but there's always leftovers. I could just give that to you. And he says, well, uh, she doesn't say that. She doesn't say that last part, right? Like, she's trying, but she's too embarrassed. Well, and then she, she does say the leftovers. It. He says, I will yeah. help you with that. And I was going to say, he responds in a very cool way rather than just saying, I would love to accept this. Well, I wrote it down specifically, and I'm not trying to, well, actually, what I'm trying to say is that this is why she likes him so much, right? Like, he understood in that moment that she was having a hard time and was embarrassed, and he threw her the life ring by being quote-unquote cool. And that's why she thinks he's so nice, is that he empathizes with her in that way. Well, she also knows about his sister, which is part of that. I mean, I think she, like, she's she's hitting on him. Like, let's, let's oh, yeah. not beat she, around the bush. She's very much fond of him. Right, because... because my under my understanding in Japanese school culture is that when a girl makes a lunch and gives it to a boy, that is a big deal. Like, and they eat lunch yeah. together. Like, that's a romantic gesture. And she's trying. You know, she doesn't come up and say, "Hey, I want to eat lunch with you." She's going like, "Well, I cook, and I'm a, I'm a good cook actually, but I always make too much food." And he's like, "Well, like, yeah, that's a problem. That's so wasteful. I guess I'll eat it for you." And she's like, "Great." <laughs> no, I just. I just really like the writing here. Like, there's a lot in this little interaction if you, like, want to unpack it. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know if, um, 
whether or not I mean, I, I could understand that Toji is so distracted from the news he just got. He's not understanding the signals he's giving off. But he is because he very clearly he's still in shock, but he's also trying not to be a dick in that state. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you'll know ever since that he got the news in the next couple of episodes, whenever we see him interact with somebody, he starts to think way more outwardly than he used to. Uh, mm-hmm. Right? Like, knowing that he will become a pilot definitely changes Toji. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, he didn't eat his lunch until at the end of school, which, you know, I think they opened the episode with him like, like, oh, lunch is the best time of the day, and here's a bunch well, of Well, part food. of that is that he's in the principal's office through all of lunch. Mm-hmm. That milk he drinks has to be so warm. Nobody said it was refrigerated milk. It could just be, like, uh, some of that bag milk, man. No, it's a carton. Is it a carton? I'm just saying, there are definitely... There are definitely milks you can sell on a shelf, as long as you refrigerate them after opening. That's gross. If you drink warm milk, you're less than a person. Dude, that's Nesquik. Nesquik doesn't need fridging. That's gross. That's so gross. I'm just saying, it does happen. Okay. See, warm milk. What you don't like coffee with? Well, we've discussed your coffee habits, Chris. They, they don't make sense for most humans, but they're disgusting. Wait, wait, hold on. There's what? Did we skip something? No. Uh, th- what about the scene with the incinerator? That comes during this. That's just him doing the cleanup for the day. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's him getting rid of the trash. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for some reason, I interpreted that as his little sister died and they were doing, like, a very low-key... Excuse um, me? Whoa! Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. I saw that and I'm just like, oh, that's why he got selected. It's because his younger sister died and this is the cremation. It's just no! really low-key because Dude, the world is terrible. one of the conditions of him accepting is his sister gets transferred to the good nerve hospital. Right, and then maybe he she died afterwards. I don't know. What are they going to just take the urn and put it on? A I don't shelf know. I in just, the lobby. I, I misinterpreted that. Like I, I saw that scene and God. I thought it was much heavier than it was. Oscar what? Schindler, indeed. Oh God. <sighs> we got to move on. I'm trying really hard not to make a joke. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this there's a quick montage to end the episode. Asuka finds out who the fourth child is and starts throwing a fit. Hikari begins cooking a nice lunch for Toji at her place. Unit 03 is loaded onto a specialty freighter and launched from the U.S. I just want to point out the... That trans- dope. Yeah, the transport unit to get this thing by air as opposed to by boat like they did last time is one of the dumbest pieces of military hardware in all of Ava. <laughs> no, wait for it. It's next episode that I wrote that really subtle joke about. Okay. This one, it's just, like, attached to the bottom, and you can't tell what the deal is. It's, like, perpendicular with the plane. Yeah, it's it's basically a stealth fighter with a thing cut out that the Ava hangs in. Yeah. It's so dumb. And It's not episode... as dumb as next time we see this plane. I know. And the episode ends with Toji on the basketball court, who pauses, then takes a shot. Goes in completely, and we cut to black. That's the truth! It's the backboard, you asshole! Oh, it does nothing but net mean it goes through cleanly? Yes! Uh, yeah, it means it doesn't touch I thought it anything. just means it lands! No, no. It just, no, nothing but net is when it's it's a swish. It just goes right through the hoop. Oh. No, t- not touching anything. Like, it doesn't bounce off the hoop, it doesn't hit the back of the hoop, it's perfect. I didn't know that. This is what happens when we have nerds talking about sports. I knew that! 
Well, that's good. <laughs> I actually no, play basketball this week. that's not good for me. That's bad for you that I knew that and you didn't. <laughs> I know nothing about anything. Look, man, there is one sport I was good at as a kid, and it was football. European football. That's called soccer. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I come from a land where it is actually called by a real name that makes sense. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, you mean like those communism units that I had to convert? Yeah, in case I didn't want to point it out earlier, but you know, since this is going to be an outtakes, yeah, no, that was this that was there, this so asshole you point it con- converts eighty nine kilometers from the dialogue into fifty five miles and goes fuck your communism units in my notes. Also, <laughs> uh. oh, I only call them communism units because it's funny. Communism is cool. So my, I, one of my exes who lived in Louisiana would visit me here in Cali and she would just refer to the state as your communist libertopia every time. Oh no. And that as, over time that has grown on me that that is very much a good description of the state. Uh, kind of, except not really. Google just bought like a billion dollars in housing so they could like do feudalism. Also, That's the thing though. That also, is very communist and very libertarian at the same time. But also, Except it's, it's on tied fire to your all job, the time. unlike communism. It's not tied to the state. It's tied to your job, which is why I said feudalism. Yeah, I know. But that would be the combination of the two, is my point. And like most communist states, it's being burned to the ground. I would apologize for leaving in some of our banter between episode filler, but uh, no, I'm not, because I actually find this really funny. Ray Bartholt says... More new pods this season. Centrism Silver. Brothers Richard and uh, Pup McElroy come up with a funny name for a show. Before learning what centrism is, join them as they commit to 12 episodes. Shell yeah. (laughs) Timely McElroy and wife Fiorna McElroy. (laughs) Lysageologists geologists take listeners on a rocky journey of history's most misunderstood minerals. Bonus soil-themed episodes for $10 monthly donors. Formerly good rock boys before the departure of Ort McElroy. And this takes us into episode 18, Choice of Life slash Ambivalence. So... Unit 3 passes through the clouds on the way to arrival with a massive spark, and this is when it has the most le- the least subtle cross imagery there's ever been. So Shinji and Masato are at the door. They're both on the way out the door. Masato's got a couple of bags. Uh, Shinji asks about, the, uh, about Unit 04 and the Branch 2 incident, and Masato just answers him straight. He uh, asks about O3's activation test, but she doesn't actually go straight with this one. She tells him it's being activated, and then he presses her about the pilot, and she never says it because that's when Ida shows up and begs to be the uh, pilot. So it's worth noting that she came mostly clean to him, but did not tell him who the pilot was. Shinji is still somehow in the dark. This gets incredibly stupid over the course of episode 18. Okay. Yeah, yes. it gets stretched out a lot. Uh, yeah. Toji's one condition for being the pilot was transferring his sister to the uh, nerve medical staff from the uh, general hospital to receive better care. Uh, don't know what the point of that is, because they definitely burned her to death in a furnace. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> wow, well, the thing yeah. I said was even darker than the thing Matt said because Matt implied she was dead first. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, wow. I did Shinji. I mean, like, look, look. Would you put it past Gendo to not like have that be the better, better medical care? Fire cures everything, Toji. Yeah, just look at his hands. Uh, Ida and Shinji are literally the only two people on the planet who don't know that Toji is the new pilot, which is, uh, Asuka comes in and becomes just huge asshole to the, uh, to the group, and that's why. Uh, at lunchtime, Rei is talking to Toji on the roof. Toji asks Rei if she knows that he's the pilot. She says, yeah. And he says, I guess Shinji is the only one that doesn't know. And he says, I'm worried about Shinji's feelings when he finds out. You would understand that because you care about him too. And then she says, maybe I do. And Toji replies, you do. Right? Mm -hmm. It's just go back to what we were saying about Toji earlier, right? Where he's definitely changed by this news and starts thinking about how he'll impact all the people around him because it's him basically reflecting on and turning around the anger he experienced at Shinji in uh, the early episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Hikari, uh, she's in the uh, classroom. She has the lunch that she made for Toji. She looks out the window and sees Toji and Rei on the roof, I I don't know why there's a roof to go to that's across from. Because the building it, is horseshoe shit. Yeah, it's laid out like a college, dude. Like, you see Toji in the fucking quad. Yeah, but you think he'd just go to the roof that's, like, directly above the floor he's I don't know, whatever. Anyway, she sees it. It's not a part. But she sees, uh, she's depressed because she sees this and thinks that she he is rejecting her for Ray. Even though it definitely, from that angle, does not look like they're palling around <laughs> or anything. Like, they're not even looking at each other. Yeah, if you stand within five feet of a people, that means you're dating. She's <sighs> worried that Toji is so depressed and he's going goth like Ray. Oh, yeah. But you know, they start smoking cigarettes and listening to The Cure. Unfortunately, by this time, they're on to 413 Dream, given how far in the future it is, and so The Cure is barred by law. Also, the cure is so bad. The cure is good to a point. And then the... I had an argument with friends at one point and we actually all agreed by consensus. We are talking about what is the band that has the largest modern day drop-off versus their peak? And we all came to, oh, it's the cure. It's Robert Smith and the cure. Yeah, I mean... They're not really my thing. I don't know. Jeff Buckley had a pretty hard yeah. fall off. Did he have just one album and then... Also, he's dead. That's the joke. Yeah, I was going to let that one lie like Jeff Buckley. I thought I thought he died. Yeah. He had a fall off into a river. The Cure is just for people who are too dumb to listen to My Bloody Valentine. They didn't exist at the start. Uh-huh. <sighs> you hot topic ass goth light. <laughs> anyway, so Toji, like a, a good depressed goth kid, uh, ditches class. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we do get a, a flashback to the scene where he punches uh, Shinji in the face. He feels more guilt about it. 
And after that scene, we see Asuka and Hikari walking home, and they sit down on a bench uh, overlooking the city. I think this is a shot they've used before. Yeah, this is where Masato took uh, Shinji to see the uh, city come up. Yeah, Episode so three? it's it's two, it's some, something like that. I think it was three. Uh, yeah, so it, you know, it's everything is really orange. It's very pretty. Uh, but they're sitting by a, a a playground and they talk about Toji, and Hikari is panicked that he has fallen in love with uh, Ray, and Asuka laughs it off and it says that there's 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 not a chance in hell that that that's possible. Yeah, she's like the most emotionally underdeveloped human to ever live. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was after she already, like, said Shinji does not know how to relate to humans at all. And, oh, she's even worse. Quiz, does Ray have more or less capability for human emotion than Donald Trump? More. I've seen her blush. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I'd have to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, I can also believe that man has never said thank you. <laughs> not, not genuinely. Anyway, he's looked in the mirror and said thank you to himself, probably. <sighs> yeah, that's an image. Anyway, uh, Asuka then asks, like, "Well, so what? What, what do you see in Toji? Because she's completely not interested in him at all." And. Uh, Hikari like looks away and blushes and says uh, his kindness. So, back to the house. Kaji is watching our kids while Masato is out of town. And while Kaji is taking what they comment is an extremely long bath, Asuka... Possibly, who knows with that guy. Asuka goes, you don't know who the pilot is, and then refuses to tell him, feigning dumb. So, Kaji, seeing how awkward the room is when he comes out of the tub, goes, maybe we should all turn in early. That's usually the best thing in these situations. Shinji shirt is really weird. I don't recall it. You'll have to describe it. It looks like a woman's long sleeve, like, flowing shirt that he rolled the sleeves all the way up to right below his elbow. It definitely has, like, that sort of halter cut top. Gotcha. Yeah. So, because there are two dudes in the apartment, they are sharing the same bedroom, which means that Shinji and Kaji begin talking before they go to sleep. Shinji asks about his father because Kaji is, quote, always hanging around him, and Kaji corrects, no, that's Fuyutsuki. You cannot understand your father by asking around. Heck, you might not even be able to ever understand him. We can barely understand ourselves. That's why we spend so much time trying to understand the people around us, and that's what makes life so interesting. Shinji fires back with the pretty incisive, so you're saying you'll never be able to understand Misato either? And Kaji's face says, I didn't expect that out of him. <laughs> Again, him being very blunt. It's worth noting that Shinji does say, I'm learning about my father through... Uh... And what happened with my mother just through being around nerve and stuff. And Kaji just says, you're not learning what you think you're learning. True. And then, yes, because you wanted to talk about this earlier, Chris. No, I'm going to go into it quickly because it was pointed out this kind of came up in the watermelon scene. Kaji makes a comment about how... 
the kanji for woman means someone on a distant shore. That there is always a distance between men and women because of this. And I think part of this is reading into what Matt picked up on with the watermelons Mm -hmm. thing. Kaji is basically saying feminine traits or not being raw masculinity is not a negative. Which, as much as he puts on the machismo show, he seems to very much be, under that armor, a more rounded individual who just doesn't let it out, obvious. Yeah, Kaji is like an ironic creep. And part of that is that he's using it as a defense because if he looks like a playboy, no one suspects he's a triple agent. But it's it's interesting to see that around the kid who he does not have to play, who he does not have to wine and dine, he uses this as an outlet that he can just speak freely. And I wonder if yeah. that bit about women on a distant shore is that he is so he can never be that close to Misato again because of the espionage. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of that does make a lot of sense, especially because she's so such a big part of nerve. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so so it makes me I guess it means that she, he's also uh, uh, his, his interest in her is not just personal then. It's not just personal, but you get the feeling that maybe until the wedding, he would have gone personal. Something was crossed at that point, clearly, because he's backed off a little since. Yeah. Well, yeah, because now he's hitting on uh, Maya. Maya. Yeah, when he hits on Masato, (laughs) no, it's like definitely just going through the motions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Man. I, I'm very disappointed that Anno just said no to the good fan theory about this. Hmm. Uh, so, next day at the test site, Masato is super not into the whole thing, right? But uh, she does get the good a good line off that I also wrote down, which uh, Ritsuko says, You sound enthusiastic. You know once this uh, unit is cleared for duty, it'll be in your detachment, right? And she goes, ooh, exclusive control of four Avas. If you wanted, you could use that to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ida, Shinji, and Hikari still don't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. I like this bold because it's comically immediate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the test... With uh, Toji in it, spoilers, uh, goes wrong immediately. Yeah, when it becomes whole, clear, and it be- the second yeah. it crosses the borderline, it's just yeah, just no subtlety at all. Now, here here's a question for you. Yeah, and it turns out that the, an angel has infected the unit. Now, what I'm curious about, there's a shot right before the activation starts where you see Unit O3's eyes, and they look bloodshot before it activates, and they glow red. Does is that a was supposed to be a sign? No. Or is that just a thing? So the actual moment this went tits up is the opening of the episode. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, so so the lightning strike. The lightning strike is when the actual growth takes place on the Ava. Yes. So they realize that it's infected when the back plate lifts up a little bit. And uh, they see, like, like Spider-Man webs in there. It looks like semen, to be real. It's fungus. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So curious that so they fly this thing in and they don't even like look into it. They just kind of shove it in a in, in the test lab and just fire it up. They would not have caught this before. That's an interesting question, and I suppose what you have to wonder is, do they miss this because it's off-site and they're using different equipment? Or did they catch or it and Gendo said, go for it? Oh no, Gendo definitely didn't catch this, but... Are you sure? Because yeah. Ritsuko could have caught it, and she's with Gendo, and Gendo is interested in having as few Avas as possible, and specifically only the ones he controls the best. But he also controls the Marduk Institute. I think he would have been happy to just go, oh, no candidates right now if he didn't want this happening. That's true. Well, I mean, here's the thing also, like, they made a point to not have this happen in the main nerve lab, right? Because assuming... Yeah, because what happens next that is up later. It explodes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the test site explodes. Uh, the reason I think this is unexpected and what I was trying to come around to is I don't know if it's hubris or just that no one thought to look. Because if you don't have something like this happen before, no one would go, uh, well, looks fine to me. Why would we see anything? Yeah, I, I guess. But, you know, they, they shipped this guy over right at right after... You know, you had Unit 4 disappear. Think about chain of custody, right? It's not like it was in the plane and the pilots could have fucked with it. It went from there to here immediately. That's true. It's just been sitting, yeah. I don't know. It's... At any rate, it explodes. The more baffling thing to me is that... Like, what, is the angel just a particulate cloud hanging out there really hoping they flew through it? So, that's one of the things that's not really mentioned anywhere, and we don't know what initial form it took before the growth, we just know it fused with this. And more can be inferred because of another thing we'll get to, but that's not in this series. Yeah, so as far as we know... At this stage, um, Risuko and Misato are in a world of hurt because the whole place just blew up. Uh, the main nerve center, which I, I don't know why I don't, don't keep making that reference. Um, that they don't know it's an angel yet. They say until just now. They said like, oh, the the way the pattern waves or whatever are orange. We don't know it's an angel yet. And Gendo like is like, well, I guess we're launching some Avas out there now. Oh, God. Orange is so arbitrary. Because it's it's either orange or blue, apparently. No, it, the two it, it's red for human, blue for angel, and then orange for, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Avas are launched, and they wait for the uh, Unit 03 to come by. And so you see it's walking out towards, uh, heading towards Tokyo 03. They don't know it's Unit and 03 yet. Yeah, not they until don't. Asuka gets visual. Because Gendo didn't transmit that, but in the Nerve HQ, Gendo oh. says, uh, consider Ava 03, the 13th angel. Well, that's what I was just about to say. They get visual confirmation, and they say, nope, we're calling it the 13th angel. It's not Unit 03 anymore. Oh, you're right. And everyone goes, oh, sir, what? Um, and he goes, let's uh, let's kill this thing. But and they, he doesn't... 
does he tell the kids that? Because they don't know that Masato's not in charge. He does yet. not. He does not tell them that. But uh, while they're all waiting, they discuss that Gen- uh, Ray mentions Gendo is in charge of this because Masato is MIA. Yeah, they do mention, uh, hey, have we heard from uh, from the crew that was at the test site? And they say, no, we haven't heard anything. Uh, Asuka has a uh, cool rocket launcher thing now. That's new. At least I think it's new. It will come yeah. to nothing. It will come, you see it, it again, come to nothing. and it still never gets fired. The, the angel comes up, and it, uh, yeah, as, the kids are still talking about, hey, isn't there supposed to be, like, a child pilot in this thing? And they're like, well, I don't know. And, you know, nobody still tells Shinji what's the deal with, uh, with Toji. So what happens is... Asuka is yelling at Shinji about, wait, you don't know? The fourth child is, and then in three seconds, she goes to complete radio static and is dismantled. And we just see the uh, 03 continue walking. All this just to keep him from hearing the name Toji. Oh, yeah. I have a UI note, by the way. Go for it. Uh, when we're in Ray's cockpit and she's aiming at the back of O3, it's just her gun in the top left. It just says shoot mode as though a gun has other modes. <laughs> well, there's safety mode. No, please, that's not a mode. That's shoot mode being disabled. It doesn't say shoot mode enabled. It just says I'm in shoot mode. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that might not be the robot. That might just be Ray's thought processes. No, it's on the UI in the top left in orange letters. That was a joke. Ray is a robot. That was the joke. So she tries to take a shot and Bardiel does a wicked backflip over her and onto the top of the OO, contaminating the left arm with drippings. Gendo immediately gives the command to sever the limb, which fires off, leaves Ray clutching herself since she's still attached to the... Yeah, he specifically calls out, we do not have time to sever the connection. Yep. So, uh, Bardiel, rather than try this again, just looks over and then keeps walking. Uh, Ray is considered out of commission for the rest of the fight because of the damage. But yeah, she's like definitely fucked. Like, this lingers for the next time Ray shows up. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we should probably point out the Bardiel 03 is an interesting body horror take on the Avas because it's starting to morph its own physiology around. It's very spider limbed when it's doing the backflips and things. And while it walks as a standard size, you know, Ava, it will do things like stretch its arms out to twice the length of its height. And mm-hmm. it's very elastic now. There is, there's clearly no skeletal structure left. Shinji, upon seeing the O3, refuses to fire. Fuyutsuki tells Bridge Crew to cut his sync rate to sixty percent while they're being strangled to death by the creature. But Gendo belays the order. Why aren't you fighting back? He asks, and Shinji says that he refuses to kill another human being. Gendo tells him he will die, and Shinji says, "I don't care. It's better than becoming a murderer." Uh, in the dub, I think the line is, I would rather die than kill someone else. Gendo then tells the staff to just cut the sync rate to zero and activate the dummy plug. Uh, the bridge crew object, saying Ritsuko hasn't given permission, and he says, I don't give a shit, we're gonna do it now. Buggy or not, it's better than our losing, it's better, it's, 
more useful than the current pilot. Uh, explicitly not even naming Shinji, right? Because he doesn't care yep. about Shinji. Uh, so, despite losing control, Shinji can still see everything because the cockpit hasn't deactivated. Uh, the lights go from green to off, then back onto red, and uh, O1 rises up slowly, uh, reaches out, grabs O3 by the neck and starts strangle it, and then just breaks its neck, and Shinji is just yelling, what are you doing? Uh, he Unit O1 throws it to the ground by the neck, and then just starts massacring the unit. Uh, there's a particularly horrifying shot where, uh, there's a good punch to the head where the head just explodes, like, Fallout 3 style. Like, the eye goes flying and just, like, an ocean of blood everywhere. Yeah, and it's, like, ripping its spine out and stuff. It just like, rips it's his re- arm like, off at one point, oh. just hucks it against a building, and you see that building just covered in covered blood. In the blood. imagery is incredible. The this whole scene is brutal because we will see shots of this interspersed with the bridge crew viewing on the screen. Some of them just turn away instantly. Others are paralyzed in horror. Maya does her vomit animation. It drags on and eventually you realize Shinji's radio is still on as you hear his screaming. Yeah, he's just screaming, Mm -hmm. stop it over and over and over, over again. So this is very upsetting to me. Uh, particularly because of the detail in the rebuild that when they activate the dummy plug, like uh, Dr. Octopus arms come over on top of Shinji's hands because Shinji's hands are on the control. So they take, they wrap, they latch over the controls and then manually operate the robot controls. But Shinji's hands were there because he never took them off. So Shinji is forced to execute the actions of doing this. Yeah, that I think that's worse. Twist. Yeah, that's worse. That's yeah. way worse, and that's yeah. why I found this very upsetting from Shinji's perspective. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about what happens in the in the aftermath because there, there's a certain level of I don't know how much this is Shinji's responsibility because he seems to take a lot of responsibility for it, or at least feel like he he ought to have. Um, so the 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 coup de gras in this encounter is that the he takes out. Uh, the Ava takes out the dummy plug and just snaps it in its hand. No, no, no. That's not the dummy plug. That's the entry plug with Sorry, Koji excuse me. It. The entry plug. The Sorry, the plug that was in Unit 03 takes it out and snaps it in one hand.
for what it's worth, a thing that we actually forgot to cut in, by which I mean I forgot to cut in, is that Spike Spencer has said doing this scene fucking destroyed his throat, and he actually required some recovery time afterwards. So think about that the next time you hear that voice acting. Just so that we put a, a, an extra punctuation on this, we, we cut to a couple of scenes uh, where, well, a couple of, of quick shots. Gendo is grinning, because of course he is. Um, Hikari is planning to make a lunch for Toji for the next day and says, I'm sure hope he's hungry tomorrow. <laughs> In case you weren't sad. Yeah. yeah. Just just twisting the knife at this point. It cuts from there to a, a black screen where um, the nerve people are recover, you know, reacting to the explosion at the test site. They say they find a, they find a survivor. Uh, they're purging all the data from the report or from the from the test. And when the lights come up, you see the aftermath and the Masato, who has been bandaged up but survives. And uh, she's she's shocked to be alive at this point. And I think she asks about uh, Ritsuko. Kaji's there, but asked asked about Ritsuko, and he we don't. He says, "Don't worry, she wasn't hurt as bad." Ritsuko is in better shape than you are. And then she gets the quick rundown of what happens with Unit 03. And then she goes, oh, shit, I never told him I need to talk to Shinji. Shinji's still in the cockpit. Uh, he's worth noting that you can still see out of it. It's nighttime, so he's been in there for several hours just staring at the remnants of 03. Yeah, because the uh, the fight happened like right before sundown. You know, it's early dusk. Yeah. There's a great shot of it walking towards them with the setting sun behind it as like a wall of flame. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Like rad. good heat shimmer on that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Shinji's still freaking out because he thinks that he just murdered uh, unsaid pilot, unknown pilot. And uh, Masato says, uh, Shinji, I, I meant to tell you the pilot is. And before even she could say it, he sees that. Um, Toji is getting pulled out of the capsule, apparently alive. He's getting pulled out of the entry he is plug. Definitely and, fucked up. Like you can see his, both of his arms are broken and shit. Mm-hmm. No, no. He's in he's in bad. I mean, like, look, he he had whatever connection he had with that with unit 03 while he got, you know, his spine torn out and his neck snapped. Like, yikes. I can't imagine what that's gonna be. They also do a like. lot of good when you see the shattered dummy plug. They do it up like you would see blood, but it's the LCL instead, which is good yeah. symbolism because that's basically the unit's blood. Yeah. So Shinji sees this. He hesitates for a second, but then his eye like Iris like shrinks and then he screams and that cuts to black. It is rough. Because you it's get, heavy. like, increasingly ragged breathing and louder and louder heartbeat for a few seconds. And then that scream. Shinji, the pilot of Unit 3 is... The fourth child is... Shinji. 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 Heavy man, be the wor- the world's worst text message tone. <laughs> oh. 
set it for somebody you don't like every time they, Phones uh, are they text so you. so loud now, that would be the most horrifying thing for everyone around you. So yeah, that is where we end this week. Any thoughts? I These episodes are good. I, I, I think these are, like, this is where I'm, like, waiting for the stakes to really kick in, and this is definitely one where it it feels very similar to the tone of Toji's introduction. Like, there's a lot of quiet moments, and obviously a lot of characters being depressed, and not being able to communicate with each other. And then all of a sudden, like, the end... I I, I feel like this thing with the dummy plug... We knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be horrific. It definitely ups the ante from the end of 16, where uh, Unit 01 busts out of the Sea of Dirac, and it's really horrifying. And also, like, I was surprised they pulled the punch. I thought they were going to kill Toji. I thought he was dead. I was surprised they didn't straight up kill him. I'm well, going to go into Tomino this Tomino didn't make this, so... Yeah, Tomino. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'm gonna cut or just add this in because I think he doesn't show up again for the rest of the series unless you can think of a scene, Chris. No, he he definitely dies in the hospital. I think. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, so there was a scene meant for end of Ava. It's in storyboards, but it's cut from the film, where Ida and Toji are playing basketball. Toji is in a wheelchair now. He has lost his left leg. Oh. Yeah, I could imagine he didn't come out unscathed. <laughs> yes, they have to amputate one limb, and I think there's a little discussion about whether or not he will have arms. But in the in the scene, he did he did have every limb save his left leg because they were playing basketball. I have good gotcha. news for you, Matt. You said you were just waiting what? for something to happen. The next episode is literally the fireworks factory. Okay, good. It's I'm just watch that that like, until the end of the that. show now. Hooray! Yeah, and no, I. For, yeah. Oh, I was just yeah. You I was first, saying yeah. like they had they were like waving death flags all over the place for Toji. Like you knew it was gonna be a bad time. Like they weren't just gonna like oh hey now we have a fourth pilot now we have four Avas isn't this great? Like you knew it was gonna go completely sideways and and you were waiting for the point at which Gendo turns completely evil. Turns. <laughs> I know, but you're saying, like, he's he's been shitty and he's put people in danger, but for the most part, like, things have worked out and he's, you know... This is like, he goes full Magnificent Bastard here. Yeah, no, these are these were really, really good intense episodes. When I was a kid, I remember definitely like, thinking that the, the action was very cool, and I came away very upset. So... Uh-huh. I have definitely changed a lot in terms of like interpersonal violence. It was it's very a very upsetting scene here. Yeah. Which I think makes me want only... worry about the rest of it. <laughs> I think my only real gripe about this stretch is the fact it is really that comedic. by yeah, by episode 18, we are at sitcom hijinks to keep Shinji from learning who the pilot is. It's a bit much. Yeah, it's like how I met your mother. Yes. The doorbell into Ida bursting in with, please hire me, <laughs> Commander Misato. No. Yeah, you know, I what I really wonder is why does 
Asuka character because like I know why Masato didn't tell Shinji that makes a lot of sense to me she feels a lot for him she feels that it's gonna hurt him and therefore hurt the mission also but on a personal level like she connects with him and doesn't want that to want it to affect him Asuka just withholds it just to withhold it I don't quite understand why it's emotional leverage over him right because she wants right but to what she thinks she's going to save the day because she goes first right uh-huh. She want I, I I really get the impression that she holds it back holds it back to tell him in the moment. No, cuz she seems very surprised he still hasn't figured it out. That's true. Before she gets wrecked. I mean, even like uh Ida like hints at it where he's like, "Well, he hasn't been here for a while and the timing's really conspicuous, so maybe it was Toji." And then <laughs> And then Shinji goes, oh, that's not possible. I guess it is just that she's mad about the situation and takes that out on Shinji because he's the one that brought it up. Yeah. It's uh, bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely stretched out a bit. Also, they, do they ever, ever, ever try to redeem Asuka even a little? Because we're almost at the end now. So... I think there's a scene in the movie. Well, in the movie, yes. I'm talking about in the original run. Because that's my big takeaway, is that Asuka is just the worst. And I have to keep quiet about this, because as we get to the end, and because I've been doing all the research, I have a lot of rebuild fresh in my mind, and what they did with some of these events, so... Yeah. A lot of this stuff plays in on that front. Well, all right then. Uh, are we ever going to do the rebuilds? Yeah. Is Almost that going to be on the table at some point? End of Ava. <laughs> okay. Because I'm not going to uh, wait right. until 2020. That's fair. I guess and... we'll have a special, special no, those uh, will be bonus edition. Patreon, yeah, yeah. Well, By the way, this show is. Uh, Supported by Patreon, so if you happen to have the URL for that, Andy. Uh, Goatseefund.me <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> and that is a real URL, by the way, and it will take you to our Patreon. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was Chris's Chris's idea to get that domain and my idea to forward it to the Patreon. It's a good joke! When you think and of a, a good, good joke domain, you have to buy it. It's true. That's why I owned beardsandbottoms.com for years. That's a good one, too. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I did let it lapse. Oh, I let... Shame. I let, like, 13 being Jim Davis dot and then very t- various TLDs lapse. Ha. I should have kept being Jim Davis dot life. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> oh. Alright, well. Oh, I I guess we have to do the podcast thing. Matt, what are your plugs? <laughs> uh, just right now, still, Lightning Strikes Thrice. Now that it's uh, finally coming out. Now that, that season three has started officially at this stage, uh, we, we should be coming out weekly with that for the next nine weeks or so. I didn't even realize we weren't coming out. <laughs> I figured you didn't because you didn't say something you didn't notice. No, I didn't notice. We actually had someone ask if you were arrested, Chris. Uh Huh? (laughs) 
What'd you say? I hadn't told you that one because I waited to save that until we were on mic. Uh, someone asked us before he put out the newest episode if the show had stopped because you were arrested. Who asked us that? Uh, I don't know if you know the guy. Okay. <laughs> Why would I be arrested? I don't know, but he thought of the three hosts, you were the one most likely to have vanished that slowed down the show. Joke's on you, I'm a boring rule follower, and the person who is the most insistent on, like, keeping the factory running. Whereas I'm an ex-felon. Yeah. Spoilers, I am definitely a boring rule <laughs> follower. I was like, well, I can't smoke because I'm not 18 yet, and I can't drink because I'm not 21. Wow. That's, uh, wow. <laughs> I can't fuck because I'm not 40, and that's what Steve Carell said. Yes, noted sex icon Steve Carell. Hey! Noted lawbringer. He's up there next to Moses on the, on the mantle. Hmm. Yeah, Steve Carell and Steven Seagal. Ugh. The two Steves of law and order. Wow. Oh, good lord. Steven Seagal is law, Stephen Carell is order. You know, mm. speaking of that, waiting for the a friend at the end of the world is very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so that podcast is coming out. Uh, yep. Magmar, Magmar sucks. Stack ranking all Pokemon according to how interesting they their Pokedex text is. Uh, we just talked about Cacturn, which is really fucked up. <laughs> And... I'm going to take your word. Okay. Do you know what Cacturn is? No, I don't. No. I don't know it is a cactus that is shaped like a man. And it has a pyramid head hat on. Uh, which turns out to be accurate because its lore is they hang out in the desert during the day. Their sand has turned to blood. Their blood has turned to sand. They do not move during the day to preserve energy. And then at night, packs of them follow travelers until they collapse from exhaustion, and then they eat them. Wow. That's metal. Also, it knows... <laughs> That's pretty metal. Also, it knows dark magic, just because. So it's a shitty cactuar. Kind of. If cactuars ate humans instead of riding in cars. <laughs> cactuars do eat humans. Do they? Do they? Yeah. What? Why do you think they have that mouth? You know, I never thought about it. Oh, Cacturn has that mouth, but he has six of them all individually. Oh, so he's a penny arcade strip. Yeah, he's real gross. I like how I said penny arcade strip and your description was, yep, real gross. Uh-huh. I like it. Penny arcade is very <laughs> bad. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just find that really funny that we both immediately went to the same place. Penny Arcade went from not funny and ugly to very objectionable and ugly. And now it's just ugly. It's more ugly somehow. Anyhow, next mm -hmm. time we will cover episode 19, A Man's Battle Slash Interjection, and episode 20, Form of the Mind, Form of the Man, and Weaving a Story, Oral Stage. I hope you like Psychology Corner. Yeah. Yay. Episode 20 is all Psychology Corner, Matt. Oh, God, is it? Did I, did, I've told you that, like, both of my parents are shrinks, right? <laughs> you know that you're <laughs> podcasting with a half-trained one, right? Oh, I did not know that. I knew you, you had some study in it, but I didn't.
I'm I'm a psych <laughs> philosophy major minor. You can cut this out, Fletch, but I'll have you know it was very hard to not make the joke about your relationship when you referred to yourself as the trained one. Oh, I understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm 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 down for psychology corner. That's my jam. Good, because you're not escaping it. Now that I do the notes for this show. <laughs> Hooray! Anyhow, we'll see you.